going to begin on campus, where Lee Roberts is officially on the job as UNC's interim chancellor. Roberts met with the media for the first time yesterday at the Board of Trustees' January meeting. 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell was there. In his initial release and first published interview with UNC, Lee Roberts cited the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm, as a key mentality when taking over the chancellorship from Kevin Guskowitz. When asked Thursday about what he believes doing no harm to Carolina means, Roberts responded with, quote, try not to screw anything up. There's a team of really dedicated, talented professionals here, not just on the academic side, but across the organization. They know how to do their jobs. I'm not here to tell them how to do their jobs, particularly when it comes to the faculty. That's what I have in mind when I talk about doing no harm. A lot of things are working really well, so let's not mess that up. Roberts has spent the last four days meeting with campus leaders after receiving more informal introductions to the chancellor position since being named in December. The former state budget director and founder of an investment firm in Raleigh said the early days have been helpful to further understand UNC's reach. Roberts described experiencing a, quote, palpable love people hold for the institution, an appreciation for the importance of the university's research to the world, and affirmation of how UNC Chapel Hill is central to the future of North Carolina. Roberts' interim appointment to the role comes after serving on the UNC System Board of Governors, with his collegiate experience coming at Duke for undergrad and then Georgetown for his law degree. Over the last four years, he's taught a public budgeting course at Duke, which Roberts said exposed him to another side of higher education, and one that may continue at Carolina. While I would never claim to be an academic myself, I think that experience, in addition to my service on the Board of Governors and in the Budget Office and otherwise, gave me a really strong appreciation for what academics do. But also, I, I really did enjoy it, and won't be this semester, but I'm very interested in that. Much of the discussion around Robert's appointment is whether he will ultimately be the long-term choice to run North Carolina's flagship university, like his predecessor was in the wake of Carol Fultz's departure in 2019. Four days into the role, Roberts said he believes it's, quote, premature to make any declarations about seeking the permanent title. But he did outline many of the short- and long-term issues he hopes to continue addressing on campus. Roberts said almost every leader he'd spoken with has brought up continuing to improve student mental health and wellness, especially in the wake of August's fatal shooting of a professor. Roberts also pointed to the university's current five-year strategic plan that's winding down and the need to begin crafting its next iteration. He indicated that will be created through widespread feedback from stakeholders, but said there are several components he believes ought to be considered. We need to make sure that we have a really robust strategy around AI, for example. We're a leading global research university. We need to lead in the most important development in computer science that any of us can remember. The campus master plan, the physical plan for the campus itself, is probably a little bit out of date. That'll be folded into the, the strategic plan work. Another goal is continuing to build upon Carolina's success in applications and admissions to better reflect the state's population. Roberts cited the tuition support plan announced by Guskowitz in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling on racial considerations in admissions as an example of those efforts. Roberts also suggested continued outreach through high schools and social media as options. We need to make sure that 
everybody in this state, and of course more broadly, recognizes that this is an institution for them, where they can belong, where they are welcome, and where they can be successful. For now, we know Roberts will serve in the interim role for a few months before a permanent chancellor candidate is selected by UNC System President Peter Hans. Roberts said Thursday he has, quote, an excellent relationship with Hans and plans to have a full and regular dialogue with the president as Roberts leads the Chapel Hill campus. What Roberts said is driving him, though, are the longer-term effects the university can have on the community, North Carolina, and beyond. When I was approached about taking this role, what immediately intrigued me about it was the fact that there is no more important institution for the future of this state than the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I care a lot about higher education. I think I've shown that in what I've done previously. I care a lot about public service, and I care a lot about the the future of this state. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Roberts is not done with meetings. He's also going to be at the UNC Faculty Council meeting later today and the UNC System Board of Governors meeting next week. In Durham, the power is finally back on after a massive day-long outage that affected more than 11,000 Duke Energy customers. WREL reports it happened early Wednesday afternoon when a work crew damaged equipment at a substation. The outage closed multiple schools and forced Durham to open an emergency shelter for affected residents last night. It's not the only thing Durham's having to deal with this week. Durham Public Schools are also facing day three of a bus driver shortage, as many staffers are sitting out in a protest over salary cuts. Cuts. Durham school officials are again asking parents to take their own kids to school today if possible. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden was in Raleigh yesterday for a much more positive event, announcing $82 million in federal funds to expand high-speed Internet access for about 16,000 homes and businesses across the state, part of a larger economic plan. Here's part of Biden's speech yesterday. Here's what my administration did. We work with Internet service providers to bring down prices for people struggling with their payments. It's called Affordable Connectivity Program. It's already helped 880,000 households in North Carolina save a total of $440 million in internet bills collectively. That's about one in five families across the state are saving $30 a month for the internet bills, and some save a lot more. That saving matters in homes like the one I grew up in. Another 30, 40 bucks a month was the difference between how many groceries you pay and a gas bill, all other necessities. It matters. It matters. Plus, the investment we're making in high-speed internet means something else as well. Good paying jobs. Two American companies, two American companies, Comscope and Corning, are investing more than $550 million to manufacture fiber optic cable, creating around 650 good-paying jobs in Hickory, North Carolina. A single start. And there are going to be more. Already, 40% of all the fiber optic cable in America is being manufactured in Hickory. And no, that number is going to continue to grow. Jobs are going to grow. And when jobs grow, everything grows. Everything in the community grows. That's President Joe Biden speaking in Raleigh there, one of many stops he'll likely make to North Carolina this year ahead of that November election. 
And back locally, Chapel Hill officials provided an update yesterday on the future of 828 MLK Boulevard, the current site of the police department. Plans for redevelopment on that location have stalled because of the presence of coal ash there. The EPA will be conducting a preliminary assessment of the site later this year to determine whether there's a significant health threat. Town staff is also reviewing an EPA study from last year reporting increased cancer risks around coal ash sites. Town manager Chris Blue says no decisions have been made about future development on the site. With one exception, there will not be any housing there. It is 619. Time now for sports brought to you by the Sheraton Chapel Hill. Carolina women's basketball fought off a late challenge and came away with another win last night, 73-68 at Georgia Tech. Tar Heels led by 14 with just over five minutes to go, but the Yellow Jackets cut the lead to just two before Deja Kelly was finally able to ice the game with six straight free throws in the final 30 seconds. Kelly ended with 27 points as Carolina moved to 5-1 and one in ACC play. That's their best six games start in 10 years after the game head coach Courtney Banghart. I would say part of the identity of this group is it's it's got to show a lot of toughness you know toughness and togetherness I think is is are two good words to describe this group obviously we're led by if you look at Alyssa what listen Deja do night after night it's also a really selfless group um, you know what we wouldn't have won we wouldn't have beaten Oklahoma without Ali Z we wouldn't have beaten um, whoever we just played uh, Virginia without Anya we wouldn't have beaten Georgia Tech without Tiani right and these are all different players that are actually not even in the starting lineup so you know, it's a group that is really selfless. They're 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 re- they're they're preparing. They want to be whatever the team needs. Team celebrates them too, but it takes a lot of selflessness to 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 just continue to know that you're needed and valued and, and just stay ready. Um, and then also, this group's really coachable. I mean, I think if you look at how we come out in the third quarter, typically, I mean, they just they they understand that we're we're doing what we can to help them, and they really try to do what we're asking them to do. Um, so there's just, it's a likable group for all the right reasons. That's Courtney Banghart there. Tar Heels now tied with Syracuse for second in the ACC. They can move up on Sunday when they host first place Louisville, 2 p.m. in Carmichael Arena. Tar Heel men also have a game this weekend. They're at Boston College Saturday, tomorrow at 2.15. We'll have both games for you right here on 97.9 The Hill. UNC men's tennis also had a good day yesterday. Opened up their 2024 campaign by sweeping both Campbell and NC Central. They're back in action Sunday on the road at Columbia. That's just part of a busy weekend all around for UNC sports. Tar Heel Gymnastics hosting NC State tonight at 7.30. Swimming and diving is in Charlottesville for a tri-meet against NC State and Virginia. Top-ranked UNC women's tennis hosts Auburn on Saturday and Georgia on Sunday. And the UNC fencing team is up in Pennsylvania this weekend for the Philadelphia Invitational. Still a little ways away from the start of baseball and softball season, but congrats to Autumn Owen, a catcher on the Tar Heel softball team. She just checked in at number 72 on D1 Softball's preseason ranking of the top 100 players in the nation. Owen is about to start her first season at UNC. She's a grad transfer from Marshall. In national news, the U.S. Department of Justice has reportedly joined 10 states, including North Carolina, in challenging the NCAA's transfer rules. The rule in question requires athletes to sit out for a year after transferring a second time. That's the rule that forced UNC football star Tez Walker to miss the first four games of this past season before obtaining an exemption. And finally in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight, hosting the Red Wings at 7. They've got one more game this weekend, hosting Minnesota on Sunday.